Hello everyone, and welcome to The Good Lawyer Show. This week, we are bringing you episode one of our startup series, where we take you behind the scenes at Good Lawyer to get an unvarnished look at what it's like to run an early stage company. We start the series off with Good Lawyer's CEO and co-founder, Brett Colvin. Brett takes us through what problem Good Lawyer is attempting to solve, how the idea for Good Lawyer originated, and how Brett and his team went about turning that idea into a reality. We also discuss some of the lessons learned by Good Lawyer's team along the way and hear what Brett would do differently if he had to do it all over again. If you're thinking about launching your own company or if you're currently looking to grow your business, this show is for you and we hope it proves useful for you along your entrepreneurial path. Before jumping in, make sure you're keeping up to date on all things Good Lawyer by subscribing to our newsletter, which is a weekly summary of stories relevant to small business owners in Canada and also includes links to both our recent Good Lawyer webinars and our latest promotions. To sign up, simply visit our website at goodlawyer.ca and enter your email address in the sign-up form. It's really that simple and you're guaranteed to get some entertaining and useful news, which is a great one-two combination. Okay, that's it for me. Please enjoy our first Good Lawyer Startup Series episode with Brett Colvin. Brett, well, this is a little bit different today, but welcome to the Good Lawyer Show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Matthew. Good, good. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, and it's good to finally do a podcast in person. It's a little more intimate, isn't it? Is it is a little bit more intimate. We are the obligatory six feet away, of course, but uh, this is the first one we've done in person since our very first one, uh, just as COVID was taking hold. But uh, on to why we're here. We, um, we're doing something a little bit different. We are documenting Good Lawyer's startup journey, and... Obviously, who better to start with than the founder, the the first founder and and CEO of the company, Brett Colvin. So really what we're hoping to get out of today is just to tell you our story thus far. Obviously, we try and uh, a large part of what we're doing at the moment is helping small to medium-sized businesses as well as entrepreneurs set up their uh, legal matters in a way that makes sense. So we just thought that, you know, who better to do the litmus test on than our own company? Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Scrivens. And, uh, you know, when you came to me with the idea of doing a, a little multi-part series on the different aspects and sort of growth and development of Good Lawyer, um, I love the idea. And doing uh, the first one on sort of where Good Lawyer came from and, you know, where we, where I think we're headed, you know, I'm not a... <laughs> It feels a little bit like I'm on a soapbox, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to tell the story, and you know I think we're trying to to mix up an industry that means well, but is systemically stuck in the past. Let me let me stop you right there because before we get too deep on this, and this is exactly where I want to go. We've obviously both dabbled in the the legal industry to one extent or or, or another. Together, we worked, yeah. we worked at the same firm for a while, and uh, obviously now doing this. But let's start at the very beginning. Maybe just give us a quick overview of what is Good Lawyer and what problem is Good Lawyer trying to solve. Good Lawyer is a platform that makes lawyers more affordable and less scary and you know that that's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek but truly like that is what we're trying to do we're trying to make getting the legal help you need which you know I think you know you can find in a variety of places but at the end of the day I, I really do think that there's a tremendous amount of value in going to a lawyer when you have 
legal issues and you know especially for a business getting the right legal help it's not just a cost center it really is an opportunity to set your business up for success whether you're a mom and pop or whether you're you know you're a startup that's shooting for the stars getting that legal help is so imperative to the the success of the business and it's so unattainable for for so many entrepreneurs that is really the void that we're trying to fill affordable legal help that's accessible for business owners and we do that by capitalizing on all this unused capacity of these small firm and solo lawyers because everybody knows that lawyers are expensive and you know that piece of the puzzle is not that surprising but what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a ton of lawyer entrepreneurs these solo small firm lawyers that are struggling too and that's the bridge that we create is between these independent entrepreneurial lawyers and these entrepreneurs in whatever industry and we create the bridge so the services can be provided way more efficiently more affordably and you know we back it up with a customer service arm that just changes the dynamic of hiring a lawyer so if someone came to you and said that sounds great but why can't i do this typing in lawyer near me in google what's your answer to that person <laughs> the answer to that person is the world of law and lawyers is extremely fragmented. You know, you have a few big firms that still most of the population has no idea what they're called. But beyond that, <laughs> it's extraordinarily fragmented. And it's just so difficult to cut through, you know, your Google search and find a good lawyer. It's super easy to find a lawyer. It is not easy to find a good lawyer at an affordable price that understands your business. And that's what we do. You know, we curate it for business owners so they can find a lawyer with the right expertise and with a platform we make it so efficient for lawyers that we're able to dictate prices in a way that benefits the business owner significantly. No question about that. I mean, even now as a lawyer, I know I still find sometimes I'll need help with a unique legal matter. It's tough for me to find a lawyer sometimes and I'm directly involved in the industry from but, but you're you, you know where to go you could go to for right. almost any issue you have you know you could go to one of the big shops you've got friends you know we grew it up in the me. big shops and you can go to one of those yeah and you know they're full service but you're gun shy because you know it's gonna cost you <laughs> it's true 400 bucks an hour it's and true. you're like ah I have a question but like mm. whereas you know with good lawyer we've created a system where if you have that question, something comes up, and you're a business owner, or you work in a business, you can get advice in a couple hours for yeah. 40 bucks. If you need some help, will it grow from there? Of course, but like you can get answers quickly for $40. Yeah. 39. You know, like that is just something completely new to the legal services market and something that we've got a lot of really positive feedback on because these business owners have questions and finally, there's, you know, you can get answers. Yeah, absolutely. So, and last question here before we switch topics, but you vet lawyers then to make sure that they are living up to the good lawyer standard or how does that work? Because like you said, anyone can get a lawyer. How do you ensure that people are getting good lawyers that are actually going to be engaged and provide useful counsel? Yes, of course, we, we vet the lawyers. We're still a small company and so I've had the privilege of interviewing every single one of the lawyers that has onboarded on the last batch, you know, we really were 
in need of a, an influx of supply because the demand was growing and we did a little casting call and got an influx of, of lawyer resumes and cover letters and, you know, got to pick eight new lawyers to join in the newest cohort. You know, that was the most formal our process had been, but it was pretty cool to see, you know, lawyers expressing their desire to, you know, actually provide accessible legal services. And it wasn't just about the bottom line. It was, you know, about more than that and how they just loved the new approach. And so this new batch and, you know, the lawyers that have really excelled in the platform up to this point, there's a common thread through all of them. And, you know, that is, they're all great lawyers and competent and reviews mean the world to them. Like it's, it's been really cool to see how lawyers have reacted to that dynamic over the platform. And, and they're just genuinely just like good people that want to help. Yeah. And traditionally that's been one of the problems with the legal industry is just that lawyers have not been traditionally known for being the best at customer service, which it sounds like the people that you're recruiting obviously have that that element built into them, which I think is obviously critical. But the other thing is, you know, with a platform that, you know, collects user reviews and, and publishes them and has a customer service arm that does follow-ups with people and makes sure they, you know, they had a good experience, like we're able to weed out because we've had way more lawyers join the platform than are actively providing services because, you know, we have the vetting process, but there's a limit to how much we can learn about a lawyer from, you know, looking on the internet, checking all the bar or law society form, you know, like there's, there's such a limit, but really it comes to fruition very quickly with their services over the platform. If we're getting bad user feedback, you know, we're able to, to move on from that lawyer rather quickly. Right. So this is a startup show, obviously. So why don't you just give us a bit of background on how this idea originated in the first place? Like, where did this come from? Because obviously, <laughs> you you know, you went from having an idea and building it into the business that it is today. So why don't you just take us through exactly how that happened? <laughs> well, I bought goodlawyer.ca in uh, probably my first month of law school without any conception of what goodlawyer.ca <laughs> would look like. Literally zero idea. Um, it stemmed from a conversation I had with a guy that ran a coffee shop in at the U of A up where I was going to school that I had known from my undergrad because I did both degrees there. And he just like pointed at me. He was this uh, older Lebanese man. And, you know, he, you could tell he'd had a bad experience with a lawyer. <laughs> he just looked at me. And when I told him I was going to law school, he just be a good lawyer. Be a good lawyer. And he just like hung on that good lawyer. It just like sat there in my head and I couldn't get rid of it. And then I was like, you know, I, I don't know what this is going to be for, but I need to, it's probably going to be a website. You I, saw the opportunity. I started buying good lawyer websites and, you know, then I parked it, you know, GoDaddy hit me up every year for like 80 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this, but it seems like I want to keep it. Don't know why. Found out about the access to justice crisis in law school as well, doing some research for one of my classes realized that most of the you know society couldn't really afford the services i was learning to provide meanwhile you know my classmates were freaking out because there weren't enough jobs so there was this conception that there was too many lawyers so i was a little perplexed that there could be most people not accessing legal services and yet there's too many lawyers who are the only people licensed to provide said services so i just like that's where it it kind of started and then, you know, kind of just jumped on the on the wagon and did the big firm world, just kind of got wrapped in that because it's intense. Yeah. And then 
I got to the opportunity to go out to Vancouver and work in-house at one of our clients on secondment. So that was a great experience, but it also was a little less intense than, you know, main office pra- private Not practice. Not the 70 hours a week? No, it wasn't. So it really gave me the space to kind of think more. And right. I, I had a, a pretty long commute when I was in Vancouver and I just listened to podcasts and learned more about startups and just like got obsessed. I'd al- I always knew I wanted to run a business. But that year in Vancouver just made me obsessed with right. startups. When I got back, it, it, it turned into planning. So actually, that leads very well into the next question I have is just how did you determine this was a problem that needed solving? Were there pain points? Did you do research into the, the greater market? How did you go about saying, you know what, if I am going to jump off, this is the problem that I would like to solve? I would say that I had a very strong inkling. Then I spent a tremendous time with uh, my original co-founder who really established the idea with me before you joined us for, you know, in, kind of in the same circumstance, but really starting to dig into the research because there was a ton of research and, you know, I was a practicing corporate lawyer. I was getting pretty damn good at research, um, especially, <laughs> As you will especially in your first few years, after yes. articling, you know, like, yeah. again, a little bit stemming from my time doing writing that paper way back in law school it was kind of that idea was always there but really digging into it and just seeing the enormous opportunity that was unmet legal needs and you know law is you know in society a pretty valuable service it's certainly Absolutely. it's certainly billed as a very <laughs> whether ba- you like it service. or not yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you know it, it it's complicated and it's important but the just dramatic amount of unmet legal need and you know I always like to reference the Clio report when I'm talking about good lawyer and you know Clio billion dollar company putting a ton Canadian company absolutely yeah uh, Jack's the man um, putting a ton of money or you know maybe not in the grand scheme of things for them but a ton of money into like real serious research and looking into the legal market and pulling the fact that 77% of legal needs go completely unmet like 77% and you're not going to be able to meet those that 77% of unmet legal needs. A huge amount, by the way, which is small business and entrepreneurs totally. signing contracts they don't know and like just like flying Hoping by the seat the of their pants. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but there's just like this enormous amount of unmet legal need. And sure, you can't service that legal need at 400 bucks an hour. Yeah. Like you just can't. They just don't have the, the spending power to do that. But... They want legal services if they're at a different price point and maybe they need to be packaged up differently so they're more efficient and less bespoke. And how do we provide entrepreneurs and just the general populace with the legal help they need at a price they can actually afford? And the profession has done, frankly, a poor job of that. And just jumping into the defense of lawyers, and I think you agree with me on this, is the lawyers charging three to six hundred dollars an hour, or, or and plus, I, I don't really hold it against them that they're doing that. You know, no, they're they're, they're making a living, and a lot of them they're part of the system too, and have very little uh, say in that. Well, Matthew, I'm so <laughs> glad you pointed that out because forty percent of the lawyers in the U.S. are sole practitioners, and they make about sixty five thousand a year, right. which is not like you know impoverished by any stretch, right. but it is certainly but, not what you think of. When you think of lawyers and suits, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not what you think of. 
And that's because lawyers are so underutilized. And this stretches back into Canada too. Slightly less severe than in the States, but it 100% stretches back into Canada. And these lawyers are horribly underutilized. So they end up making all of their money on a fraction of their time, build out at these extortionate rates, in a, yeah. provided in a less efficient manner than could be over a platform, right. like good lawyer. And, you know, we're just bridging that gap. And, you know, for us, we're really focused on the solo and the small firms because that's where good lawyer comes most in handy because they have the the least brand name, yeah. you know, the most difficulty attracting right. new clients and that sort of thing. But when you look at the small guys, the utilization rate is atrocious. And again, pulling from a Clio report, 20% of the, the small firm solo lawyers week yeah. is spent generating revenue one day a week billing clients and four days a week trying to figure out how to bill clients yeah that's why the they, system's broken that's why that they case. charge out yeah. at three four hundred yeah. bucks an hour even at the small shops yeah and you know through the efficiencies that you can drive through a platform you can fill up yeah. and i like to say you know it's like for a lawyer good lawyers like skip the dishes we fill capacity in your legal kitchen right. that is what we do <laughs> we fill capacity in the kitchen but you don't get to sell the burger over Skip for full freight. You got to right. take a haircut because without Skip, you're not selling the burger. Right. So it's definitely taken some time to get lawyers who, you sure. know, have been trained this way to alter their thinking. But, you know, that's why we're selective on who we bring on. And, right. and the lawyers that are embracing it are, are thriving. Yeah. So was it was it difficult for you when you decided that it was time to leave big law or was were you ready to walk away at that point because I, I know one of the biggest problems with people they have ideas for businesses that they want to start but they're scared and, and rightfully so uh starting a business is hard as i'm sure you can speak to for hours um but was it was it tough for you to to leave that stable paycheck and jump into the you know the wild west of entrepreneurialism or were you ready to do that at that point I was itching. <laughs> I was just I was just waiting for Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other co-founder. Yeah. The original co-founder, I should say. Yeah, no, I was I was I was so ready. You know, it was a little bit scary for sure. Yeah. to leave the paycheck, but uh, frankly, you know, I can always go back. You're right. And like totally. You're right. I, I don't see myself I don't think I would ever go back to like a big shop, but yeah. you know, going back, like like the the worst-case scenario for me was just not that bad. You know, I've got a supportive family. I don't have any dependents. You know, I'm in a place in my life where I don't need to make 150 grand. Right. I don't. I don't need that. I can kind of like. You're flexible. Yeah, and you know, we we were fortunate enough to raise a bit of money that like could you know provide my bare necessities and pay. Yeah. pay I can assure you that I am the worst paid person on color. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Uh, but I was in a place where I could take a chance. I could take this risk. I don't think this opportunity would ever present itself again. So for me, it was, yeah, there was no hesitation. Right. Then where would you say that Good Lawyer is right now? As far as like where you started, where's Good Lawyer now? And where do you see Good Lawyer going in, let's say, the next year and then maybe the next five years? And I know that's a big question, so feel free to, to break those down. Good Lawyer was an idea for a long time. Now it is a thing. <laughs> yeah, you have responsibilities. And maybe tomorrow... It'll be a winner. I think where we're at is pretty remarkable. I don't think many startups make it here. Sure. But I also recognize that it is, you know, the th second inning. 
and there is you know so much further to go but i've got really really high hopes and i'm i'm very optimistic i'm an optimistic leader and uh so with that caveat i think we're really headed somewhere good and just the team is such fire right now and the numbers are you know moving up not hockey stick accelerating but moving up in the right direction we get better every day so you know and we still got some runway left yeah. i'm feeling really good well about and, where we're headed and and people are now using the platform that you have you have no idea who they are you know they're strangers and they're using your product that's got to feel good on a certain level <laughs> when i was getting a haircut the other day and i mentioned good lawyer to the barber because he asked what i was doing i said yeah i uh i run a tech startup he's like oh cool what what is it i said uh, it's called good lawyer he's like what you run good lawyer and i was like yeah he's like my dad was talking about you the other no night way. and i was like what he's like That's yeah amazing. my dad runs a pizza shop and someone was talking about good lawyer at his pizza shop and then i was like what like yeah, right so that was uh That's you know super cool. I, we're in calgary obviously you know there's probably the the most awareness of us in calgary where the the majority of the team is but yeah man yeah. It's, you know it's it's like it's it's coming slowly but For surely sure. yeah you know so what advice would you have to other entrepreneurs looking to start up their own shop now that you've you're a couple years in you've kind of i guess i guess you can't really even really call you a rookie anymore uh, oh, although some, some people would would call you, but I mean, you you would not be a rookie to a, someone who's never started a, a business and even gone the the steps that you've gone. Like you said, most uh, startups don't even make it this far. So looking back on it, what would you say to someone looking to to start their own company? What advice would you have? And then also maybe just because this is technically a legal show, maybe any legal advice that you have as well as far as anything that you've learned about structuring your company, which is often not talked about, but is obviously super important information. In the future, let's break that into like four questions. Okay, but well, let's I'm going to do, 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 <laughs> okay. do my best. Give, give us your... Oh, no, no, yeah, let me try, let me try, let me <laughs> try. Um, so one, left the firm just over 18 months ago. So I definitely, you know, 18 months in my view of like actually like being a... Yeah. real startup founder you know taking that chance yeah i feel totally like a rookie but you know i am like just so fixated on learning how to do this i've never listened and read so many books in my fucking life like it's <laughs> you know I, I i just feel like i have so much to learn and and i'm and i'm you know learning but it's yeah yeah it's just like an unending tunnel of more learning, which is like exciting. Well, but what do you what do you say <laughs> earlier tonight? You're saying that it, it feels like you're in a very hard video game. Oh, the hard yeah. My <laughs> life is a video game, and it's very hard. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for anything. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say to a, someone who's gonna start their own company? What would you say? <laughs> From my experience, and maybe you know, you can find some just unicorns that can build a startup without being like this, but. From my experience and from a lot of the people that I've met, if you want to build a startup, you need to be obsessed. And I do not say that lightly. You need to be truly obsessed. Other things in your life are going to slip. And you have to be okay with that because you want to build this thing. And it's not easy. Personal things in life get a little rougher because... There's so much getting invested and so much bandwidth going towards this thing that you made up and you want to build. 
And, you know, I think if you don't have that obsession and that mind space, it's again, Matt kind of touched on, you know, you can build an awesome business without being like that. And maybe there's a select few that can build that a startup and not be like that. But I think for the the rest of us, you know, normal folk, you got to be obsessed. And uh, yeah, if you're not obsessed... Get out the game. So, so a bit of a word of caution then for for those that are have big dreams, it's, just knowing what it takes to get there. It's just not like it's not a job. Right. It's an obsession, and right. if it's not, it's gonna be near impossible to build it. I think for people that are you know serious about trying to build a startup, and if you're there looking at it as an option instead of you know taking this job or pursuing this other opportunity, look yourself in the mirror and ask. Are you obsessed? Because if you're not, I really think it's going to be difficult. It's a very interesting world, my friend. And it's very different than the one that we came from. No kidding. You know, there's... I like it more. And, you know, I don't (laughs) want to speak for, for, you know... I had a great experience working at a big firm. Had a great experience in law school. I agreed. But for me, it, it lacked purpose. I didn't feel purposeful in what I was doing. And I'm just like bursting at the seams yeah. with purpose all the time. A lot of responsibility, it feels like sometimes, but a ton of purpose. And that's what just drives me. That's awesome. Uh, so looking back on everything that's happened then so far, if you could do anything differently, is there anything that you would? Or is it? are you pretty happy with where you're at right now and how things have gone? Um horribly unsatisfied with, with where we're <laughs> and that's at a, that's another trait of good entrepreneurs i feel <laughs> no I, I if i had to do this again i would have recognized my obsession or acknowledged my obsession earlier left the firm sooner started good lawyer a year and a half earlier and just be that much further along and and you know same thing goes with with how we started if i had to do this again everything would just happen faster mm-hmm. because there's just like so many you know building a robust product out of the gate stupid <laughs> like you know <laughs> well, we, so we you, could have you're, you're we could have tested the ideas right. with pdfs in a way that like didn't even clue in at all until much later so i would read more i would have started sooner and i would move faster would you and simpler is that fair would you start with a smaller like yes, mvp totally. that kind of thing definitely 100 percent bare bones whatever you can get by on. And I also would have spent more time at the outset. And this is kind of just part of moving faster because you learn. But, you know, as sort of a, a hint to any founders out there, whatever you think your your target segment is, it's too big. And, you know, for us, we started wide, covered way too many legal services and, and you know, realized that the entrepreneur, the startup, the business owner that was who we were were really good at serving and you know for, for me it came so natural because i'm just love that it's just like the thing that you know gets i ran a painting business in undergrad and after that i was like all i want to do is run business again i don't care what it is so i got that piece of it and again my advice would be how whoever you're targeting try to try to focus tighter because the tighter you focus the better you know, everything you do and the more focused everything you do is, and you can grow from there, but you really need to nail that first customer segment. So starting small is key. Great answer. 
So, and, and I'm going to try one more time here. Anything from a legal perspective that you would say, maybe like a landmine or anything that you stepped on? Uh, again, because it's one thing to practice law from a lawyer's perspective. It's a total another thing to go through it as an entrepreneur. Is there anything that you've learned there that you would, uh, any nuggets of wisdom that you'd like to pass on? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if there's like startup founders or, or would-be or soon-to-be startup founders listening you don't need any legal paper out of the gate. You know, you need to conceive of an idea. You got to think about who you want to be involved and you don't need to jump the start on that. But when you're serious and you really want to pursue this thing and start investing time and resources, and especially when you want to start getting involved with other people and bringing on a co-founder or employees, as soon as you start to make this thing real, you need to get your stuff in order because there's so many startups that just lose steam over stupid legal issues and breakdowns and he said this and now she won't do that you know it's just like you need you don't need law when it's an idea and it's germinating in your brain but as soon as you start bringing stakeholders in you need to make sure that those circumstances are ironed out and you do that with contracts and and you need to think about the future and a lawyer this is a place perfect example of a place where lawyers add tons of value and don't just cost money because they can help you walk through how a company should be divided the types of circumstances that they've seen other companies run into and how to mitigate against those like if a co-founder leaves what happens so you don't need them right away but as soon as you start to get serious and you bring people in you got to get that stuff sorted and you do it with contracts. That was a great answer. I got to give it to you. <laughs> but I, I think uh, two things is lawyers can provide like just a ton of value just with the certainty aspect, right? Like let's iron out the details before we walk through this because I think everybody remembers things slightly differently. And, and to your point, you can lose a company over something stupid and simple that if you had ironed that out and that was clear beforehand uh, could be avoided. And kind of the second point that I think it leads into this is it, it seems like businesses, and this is obviously a little bit high level, but it comes down to economics and control. How much, who's paying, and, and who gets to decide? And what if somebody leaves? And what if somebody, well, that exactly, who gets to That it? is yeah. the, the number one way that early startups dissolve there you go. is because you go into it with a couple buddies, a few friends, a colleague. And then one of you wants to push it forward and one of you is lazy. And what happens? Because the lazy person doesn't want to give up a piece of the company or that's a hard conversation. But, you know, the motivated individual starts to feel less motivated because they're carrying weight. And that happens all the time. Yeah, totally. All the time. So, you know, ironing out what happens if that occurs before it happens, you know, it's like. I couldn't agree more. It's like a, a prenup, but way more, you know, super important because if, if if you don't get one, your business could die if it breaks down. Yeah, that's actually a, an interesting analogy there for sure. So just to uh, conclude our first show in this Good Lawyer Startup series, um, we get to my favorite part, and that is just to ask you any favorite resources that you have had along the way that you think would be helpful for others in either in your position today or even you 18 months ago when this uh, 
whole dance began. <laughs> it's so funny. I didn't even think of prepping for that question, despite the fact that you ask it on all of our podcasts. <laughs> I'm tricky, it's true. Yeah, but I 100% have the book that I'm listening and reading right now. I literally bought the audio and have the hard copy. Oh, the double dip. <laughs> well, I had the hard copy and I was procrastinating, so I got the audio and then I got so into it, I started reading and then, yeah, no, four steps to the epiphany. If you want to start a startup, sure, you need to read this book. This is the, this is the book that was the precursor to Lean Startup. It's by um, Steve Blank, I believe. Steve oh, Blank. Is, it, is it Blank who wrote that? Oh, yeah, it's Blank. Oh, okay. And it is like the, it's the first one. It's the first startup book and I don't know, I'm about halfway in and it's incredible already the number one resource honestly i'm debating making every person on my team read it well four steps to the epiphany (laughs) every startup founder should read it and if i could do one small thing in my past i would have read this book three years ago oh there you go well brett we tried to keep this to 30 minutes we failed miserably but i think this was a good show so any any parting shots before we wrap things up no it's been an absolute pleasure we're uh we're honored to have you on the team, my friend, and uh, too kind. look forward to uh, many more awesome days with you and the rest of the crew. Looking forward to when we can do another show like this and give you guys an update on where Good Lawyer is at next time. Hopefully, it'll be uh, some great advancements in the near future here. Thanks again to Brett for being a willing participant on the show, and make sure you tune in next week for episode two of our startup series. If you liked what you heard, please rate, download, and subscribe. Until next time, we hope you all have a great week.